Welcome to this week's episode of the Sisterhood Debrief, where we discuss all things sisterly, godly, and ratchet. Welcome to this week's episode. It's your girl, Alex, Bernie, and Brittany. And we're going to go ahead and pop off every episode with prayer. So guys, go ahead, close your eyes, bow your heads, unless you're driving. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together in fellowship. We ask that your will be done today, that you just come in into the midst of us, Lord. We ask that you allow us to say the things that your children need to hear. Father, and just thank you for another opportunity to do your will on here on earth. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So this week, what would you do is for all of our people who like good ratchet reality TV. Mm. <laughs> so this is this week's question. And after I read the question, I'll give a little background for those who do not watch this show. So on Real Housewives of Atlanta recently, uh, we know that Cynthia got engaged. Woo. So congrats to her. Mm-hmm. And so what would you do if... Your friend told you about the proposal minutes before it happened. So in a recent episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, Cynthia, of course, got engaged. And right before the engagement, Candy had told Kenya that she thought, based on the conversation that her and Cynthia's fiance had, well, about to be fiance had, that he was about to propose to Cynthia. Mm -hmm. And Kenya then walks into this event which was the wine opening, the opening for the wine cellar that Cynthia was opening, and says, "I just have a, a feeling, a premonition that <laughs> that Mike is going to propose to you today." And Cynthia's like, "What are you talking about? No, he's not." So, do you one think that that could ruin a proposal? And what would you do if your friend did that to you? First of all, we fighting. That's first. Intent. It was it was malicious. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does depend on the intent of the person. And but to be honest, after the fact, it, you're not gonna be, I guess, too bothered by it because you got engaged. Like that's gonna be your main concern. So it all depends on the intent. It depends on the person. If you're not somebody that I'm close with, like, and you did that, I'm gonna think malicious intent. But we're, we're really close, and maybe maybe you thought it had already happened. I mean, that's not the case in this. It's not. But maybe you thought you it already happened, and you accidentally spilled the beans or something. It's just, it's a faux pas. She was wrong for that. And I don't even watch Reality Housewives. And I know how. <laughs> Reality Housewives. <laughs> Real Housewives. Whatever. <laughs> I don't watch Real Housewives of anybody. And I know how raggedy Kenya is. And so, <laughs> it's a no for me. Like, that's wrong. And we're fighting. So, I actually did this. But it was a mistake. Oh, Lord. And it really wasn't even my friend. It was one of my husband's friends. Uh, one of Chris's friends. And we had gone down to Orlando for the proposal. And we were late. And I thought it had already happened. Did you see a ring on her finger? No. <laughs> but I didn't think to look either. <laughs> I just went up front because I didn't really know her. And it's actually somebody who we now know. Um, we went to the cabins together. Um, but I didn't really know her at the time. So I'm just making small talk because the guys started talking. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll go over here and start talking to the girls. And I walked up and I was just like, congratulations. And she was like, for what? Ooh. And I was like, ur, ur, ur. and homeboy was over there like, 
And I didn't know what to say or do. I'm super awkward in those situations. And I was just like, well, he said he was going to propose. I couldn't even come up with a lie. You? I did. <laughs> I remind you on set if you ever do that. Oh, you actually God. said that after? Yes. You I, just, I would have just been quiet and walked away. I didn't know what to do. It was so awkward. And I felt bad, like, forever. I mean, they still got proposed. They've been married for a Longer than me and Chris, they have a child now. Like, beautiful couple, we're still very cool with them. And he, like, the dude is not one to, like, hold stuff like that. And clearly, neither is she, because we're cool and we're friends and stuff now. But What did she say after you said that? She was like, oh. I think she knew it was happening that weekend anyway. Because she had just graduated. Um, and I think she knew it was happening, but it hadn't happened yet, and I just felt so bad. I literally felt bad. I've never even addressed it, because I just feel like it's all news. Um, and I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> I feel super bad. I would be upset, and I think, like, going back to just what happened to this episode, I don't feel that Cynthia felt any type of way when it happened. She only felt some type of way because her fiancé felt some type yeah, of way. When he found out, out, he was mad. He was like, why would she do that? Yeah. Um, and that's what would make me upset. Like, because I'd probably be like, eh, whatever, it happened, I got my ring, whatever. But if if my man was then upset because you taught, like, once I, because she didn't know the background. But yeah. once I find out the background, then it's like, oh, so you really tried it. Like, why would you even do, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would be upset. Yeah. I would. I mean, I don't know if I'd be upset in the moment. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Because when I did get engaged, I felt that my mom was hitting at it. Um, People do that. She didn't say why. that. She didn't say, oh, he's about to propose. But she kept, like, kind of hitting at it. And I remember the day he proposed, I asked him before we left for dinner. I was like, you about to propose to me? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. I think uh, your why mom was trying to that? get a feeling. For how you huh? would feel. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no. That's why I asked him. No, I asked him. Why would you ask? <laughs> no, I just no. had a feeling because one, like, my mom. One, he followed. <laughs> it's because he followed me on Pinterest like a couple weeks before, which I thought was like, bro, why are you following me on Pinterest? That's smart, actually. That is. Or he could just look at it. It wasn't private. I was like, why are you on my Pinterest? <laughs> but I mean, like, but you're like, are you going to promote? Like, just let him promote. You going to find out one way or another? Well, he did, but we ain't together. Okay, this is going off the rails. <laughs> so, moral of the story, ladies, if you know that your best friend, your associate, or whomever is about to be proposed to, just your let co-host. them enjoy the moment. Yeah. Co-host, whatever. Like, don't don't ruin it like I did. Yeah. And let us know what you would do. Let us <laughs> go yes, to what would you do? Let our us Instagram. Know. Let us know what you would do in that situation. Is this, is this end of friendship worthy? That's what I want to know. Well, clearly mm-hmm. not for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's grace for you. And I just remembered that I did actually apologize for that. So. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> current events. So every episode we do have a few current events um, that we're going to share with you guys. So did y'all hear about Lois Evans? We want to first, you know, offer our condolences to the Evans family. Um, she did pass away. That is Tony Evans' wife, mm-hmm. Priscilla Schreier's mother. Um, for those who don't know who she is, um, she did pass away earlier this last week by the time this drops. Um, so we just want to offer our condolences to her family, um, to their church family, mm-hmm. um, and everyone impacted by her passing. So did y'all hear about, and I know we're kind of landed on thick, um, did y'all hear about the situation with Iran that we have run into? Yeah. Uh, so... Um, an airstrike was ordered and carried out in Baghdad, which ended up killing 
um, one of Iran's top military force leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, his name was Qasim Soleimani. Um, it really uh, shook up the country as he was a notable force. The Iranian president um, did state that there would be retaliation. Trump states that you know he carried it out after there were several um, there were killings and attacks on Americans. Um, including an American defense contractor on December 27th who was killed by um, Soleimani. And there were supposedly plans to carry out more attacks on American dis diplomats and military personnel. And so in order to keep it from, from happening, uh, Trump sent the airstrike, ordered the airstrike. Um, and he stated it was to stop a war, but many speculate that this could actually be brewing up some more trouble. So I know my heart was really heavy when I heard the news and in trying to pray for our country, I think it's very important that we do that at this time um, to, to cover us. Like we've never had anything like this in our lifetime and definitely no sort of attacks on American soil before. And so my heart is that, you know, Lord would just, God would just protect our country and that we wouldn't have to experience anything like that. Yeah. I think it's also important to think about the president. A lot of people are just like, you know, we don't like him. Like, he's stupid. Yeah, all of those things. However, he needs prayer, too. Because, like, you're making these decisions just haphazardly. People's lives are in danger. You're doing... People are speculating that he's doing this for a second... Um, in order to have a second term um, for re-election. Because he actually said that he thought Obama would do the same thing in order to be re-elected. That he, he was going to... He did it, <laughs> right. So... Um, I don't know. He needs prayer and supplication and fasting <laughs> and oil. Uh, and then, yeah, just, again, praying for people's families um, that are about to, you know, possibly go to war. Right. This is, like, for me, it's, like, the thought of another war is, like, crazy. It's, like, something you read about in history books. And, yes, there is, like, wars that's happened in our lifetime but nothing to like this magnitude where it was like a huge threat to something that you would think would happen on american soil um so definitely praying for our safety and that you know some resolution happens quickly in this situation so we don't even have to worry about you know what a world look like in this time yeah so did you all hear about the united methodist church splitting over gay marriage and lgbtq clergy um this is something that i came across on twitter and i'm never really on twitter unless i'm just trying to keep up with like hot topics or anything like that and when i saw this i just thought it was very interesting number one united <laughs> methodist church like we're splitting up <laughs> like it's a whole like that's in your title so a lot of people are like playing on the title of the of the um the church talking about like, is it really united or is it now divided? Um, and in reality, like this is problematic for several reasons because it's it kind of perpetuates a problem that the church can't agree on what's biblical and what's not. And I definitely am understanding um, that the world we live in, we are pro everything. Um, but at the same time, like what happens when faith begins to tear at the foundation so um it's just very interesting the church has split if they weren't going to split um the churches and clergy were going to be removed from the actual uh organization um and it's just you know 
it's it's very interesting topic. Like I don't know, there's not really a lot behind it other than just they had to take a stand, and in order for them to not fall as a whole organization, they just had to split. Yeah, it's very interesting. I actually, um, I grew up in a lot of different denominations, um, but I know I spent considerable considerable amount of time in Methodist churches, um, and they tend, I think out of most of the uh, different Christian sects, um, they tend to be the most lenient mm. when it comes to that. So it's interesting that this has now become a problem when there have, there's been LGBTQ uh Methodist churches and, and led churches and so um, I I think that maybe they finally came to a head on like you know having to make a decision and it'll be interesting to see how this really plays out because yeah. you know there's not been again in our lifetime there hasn't really been any major um, you know church splits like these are the types of things that happened you know back in the day when the Protestant movement happened and things mm-hmm. like that so it'll be interesting to see how this changes um, I don't know I guess our religious perspectives and yeah. especially mm-hmm. when it comes down to denominations yeah. Um, and I think this will become an issue for more denominations than just Methodists, actually. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Okay. You guys hear about Gabrielle Union allowing her Uber driver to come in her home. <laughs> so one... <laughs> let me tell you, tell you guys what happened. So she took Uber, which she said she was being a smart driver by doing. And she allowed her Uber driver to use her bathroom after they asked... And the Uber driver was in her bathroom for 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. blowing it up. Turn it up. Okay, she had some magazines in there. He probably had... Oh, she, said he, house, she said her house was real comfortable. She said her house was welcoming, which she was happy about, which, you know, as a homeowner, you'd be like, oh, yes, my house is in. inviting. Um, but, one, would you allow your Uber driver to come in your house to use a bathroom? No. Heck to the no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Well, I say that. I say that. But the truth is that if somebody was really like, hey, I really, really have to go to the bathroom. But that's also very dangerous. I yes, do that. you're trying to kill me. I wouldn't me. do that like if I, if mm-hmm. I lived that's alone. security guard. It house. was New Year's Eve, too, though. Like, oh, yeah, people crazy. Like, people are crazy. And you're a whole celebrity. No, yeah, I'm no. sorry. You're more than welcome to, I will pay Part of my Uber tax, and you can drive to the gas station up the street. Work like so, so one hundred percent, Britt. Like I, I, I'm, I'm an Uber driver. You don't know me. I'm like, I'm a woman. I'm pregnant. My, my bladder. Yeah, like my bladder. Like you know how babies are. Like, oh, can I please use your bathroom? It's a question. You can from my house. I'm gonna call Chris before you walk in. Be like, get your samurai sword just in case. And ma'am, you can come in. We gonna be standing there ready to go. Like, cause you're not about to come in my house, and I don't know what you're about to do. I'm pregnant or not. We gonna slice and dice if you try I like something. Like, oh my gosh, Susan, please come in. I don't know. After I call Chris and be <laughs> like, get the weapons. <laughs> yes, get the weapons. Get the weapons. <laughs> nah, I don't know. know. Living by myself, no. It's a quick trip, literally two minutes from my house. You could have stopped there, like on my ride. I would have been okay. With I that. will pay. Yeah, oh, you be like, I really gotta go. You know, you can go ahead and go I'm right not now. I'm gonna lie. I'm rolling my eyes if somebody's like, "Hey, can I just stop by quick trip?" I'm rolling my eyes, and I don't. That's not safe neither, because you could be setting me up. Oh, let me stop at by least quick it, trip to go At least it's lit and it's quick trip. Stay I mean, lit. Popping. Like, it's it the club. Be lit though. People be out there all the time. Quick trip. I'm gonna be all right. 
if you if you live in Atlanta, like Quick Trip is the that spot for like for all it's of the your place gas station you convenience stores. <laughs> like you can I use the bathroom, let the park. I'm about to give me some snacks. I don't and they do be good. They be they trying to talk to you. They be wanting mm-hmm. some you to buy your CD. Can you give me? Can I? Can you buy my? Okay, essence? you must yeah, go the hood. Quick the car. By my house, I don't go there. You know, I don't traverse I don't those ratchet streets because flash shows ain't no I've better. Almost, move. I've almost been attacked before at a Walmart, but that's the She's exaggerating that story. No, I right. almost got attacked. Okay, so I had a police escort for no reason. Yes. All right. All right. Was it a police escort? I did the man at well, the Walmart. I asked the police, but they sent skinny slim Jim. I was like, I literally Who asked him, like, are you gonna protect me? Yeah. He was laughing the whole time I was on the phone. It was hilarious. Okay. He was like, "Why are we doing this?" Okay. <laughs> and I didn't get attacked like I like I could have. So anyway, moral of the story: Don't talk to random people in Walmart just because they're I staring at you. You know what? She was scared. y'all. I, we gonna talk about this on a different episode because I'm really feeling some kind of way about this thing, Ooh, and child. we just we're gonna talk about this. Okay. <laughs> it's not funny. It is hilarious, actually. <clears throat> anyway, so today's topic, we want to talk about godly accountability. Um, how would y'all define godly accountability? Like, what does that look like for you? Accountability that is godly. Girl, I'm a- okay, <laughs> girl, godly accountability for me is someone who not only holds me accountable for, like, things that I do, like, physical things, like, in the world, mm-hmm. but they may also pray on my behalf and can come like kind of checking me about things that we talked about on a spiritual level. Yeah. Um, and they're just not trying to be like, oh, did you finish that project or That's writing? Point. But like how your spiritual life, are you spending time with God? Are you praying or things like that? Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think I, that's a really good point is that like, yeah, there's dope accountability that I can find anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when it's, when it's also intertwined with my beliefs, you're not, you're, when on the days where I don't want to, and I've been there before, I know Brittany, um, over the summer, I had a, there was a point in time where I really felt like, yo, like, for those of y'all who don't know, I ended up getting in a car accident the day after my birthday, and I was on a roll. Like, me and Brittany, we was, like, going in on getting our stuff done for our businesses. As soon as that car accident came, it was, like, the spirit of depression and, like, just lack of energy and motivation came upon me. And I really, like, she was pivotal during that time of, like, hey, listen, not only do you have to get things done, but you have work to do. Like, you need, this is not you. This is the enemy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Speaking life into me. So it's not just about getting the project done, but it's about reminding me of who I am in Christ and propelling me to where I need to be based off of that. And so I think that's really important. And that's the key. And and though we appreciate any level of accountability, mm-hmm. when you intertwine it with my faith and with my beliefs, it speaks louder, um, in my opinion, because... You know, you're not you're you're speaking the purpose back into me, not just telling me to get work done or, or checking in on that. So yeah, that's like cute. a timeline, like you know, not a checklist type person, and can, a person who can really help you pivot too, mm. like godly. Like sometimes we get stuck on what we want, mm-hmm. and godly accountability helps you pivot because they they're talking to God on your behalf. You know what I mean? Yeah. When y'all um kind of came to me or when I came to y'all when the conference was like going under Mm -hmm. in my mind and y'all were like okay so let's shift your mindset like did God say it had to be in front of an audience or was it supposed to be in a in a venue a big venue 
or can we do something like make it virtual? I would have never thought about doing that because in my mind, I'm just thinking, hey, I want to have a women's conference. I need everybody to be in the house, dressed, to impress. We're going to have food. It's, the ambiance is going to look this, that, and the third. And of course, I want mm -hmm. people to be blessed, but people can still be blessed online. And I've gotten a lot of testimonials from the conference and had I not really opened up my mind to what you all were saying or what mm -hmm. God was leading you all to say in those moments, I could have really missed out on blessing people who have since then started businesses, launched websites, and like really stepped out um, in their purpose. And I think that it's really important to not have yes men or mm -hmm. yes women around you who are like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you should mm -hmm. do that. You should try that. Every little thing that you want to do. And they're just like... Of course, being supportive is awesome, but being supportive without discernment is very detrimental. Mm -hmm. um, and good. people have to really like be able to, you have to have people around you who can step in and say, well, have you thought about this? Or did you pray about it? Have you asked God for direction? And when I know when y'all give me those questions, I'm like, well, no, I ain't really, I just want to do it because it seems like a good idea. But once I pray about it, things become a lot more clear. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely important to have that in your circle. And I think the other layers of that, because we have businesses, that's at the front, forefront of our minds. But even Alice mentioned, like, you know, who who is checking on you about if you're really if you're reading your word, if you're in your word, right. if you you know what are your, what have your conversations been like lately? You know how how what about the conversations in your mind? How have you been talking to yourself lately? Are they are the, your thought have your thoughts been edifying? Um, and you know, even like I know one, I'm really big on marital accountability, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm not married right now, but. Um, as a woman who used to be a wife, I remember, well, I'm still a wife, but, um, <laughs> you know, like as somebody who used to be married, um, it was paramount to me to make sure that I had people around me who can encourage me. And so now I even have friends that like, if you're married, um, I'm checking in on you. I'm like, Hey, like, would your husband be okay with that? Would mm -hmm. your wife be okay with that? Yeah. You know, and, and making sure that you have people to support you in every area of your life. I mean, that's kind of a, a stretch. Nobody... Not many people have somebody stewarding them in every single area, though that would be a good idea. But as many areas that you can get covered by godly people, because again, everybody doesn't have that same mindset, right? And even people who are believers, maybe they won't have the same mindset as you, as you or maybe they miss out, but you're at least closer to being on the right path when you have somebody who, who has the same life perspective as you than somebody who's just like, yeah, I mean, I guess do whatever you want. Like my, the advice hit different. Yeah. The, the, you know, they, they have that discernment. They have mm -hmm. that intel with God like that relationship and so making sure that you have people that not only encourage you you know to do um your business but how do you how you live your life mm -hmm. are you consistent call me right. out you know right because when you have somebody who's holding you accountable i think godly it just transcends to every area of your life mm -hmm. you just can't be consistent in business and slack and everything <laughs> else it's just like if you're a consistent person you're pretty consistent right. across the board um, you know, you might slack a little bit in the area, but for the most part, you're a consistent, per consistent person. You're a disciplined person if you're in one area. And I think so it's important for us to understand when, you know, allowing people to become your accountability partners because you have to look at it and be mm -hmm. like, you're letting this person into your personal space too. Mm -hmm. And you have to look at spirits like, I know it's getting kind of preachy, but mm -hmm. you know, it's a spiritual world. Like right. every, you, we have to look past that. Like, like, does this person's spirit, do I want them into mm -hmm. in my environment? Do I want to be interacting with that type of person? Do I want that type of person to be in the intimate part of my life? Because that's what accountability is. It Accountability will not work if you do not allow yourself to be intimate with that person, which means allowing them into areas that you do not show everybody else. Um, 
And so you, one, do you want that type of person, you know, in your life when you're trying to look at accountability partners? Um, I think that's our biggest thing sometimes is that we try to pick people that we think would be good while we're looking at their full character. Mm-hmm. That's good. And don't pick accountability partners that you're not going to be honest with. Yeah, you, that's something they can't that hold confront. you accountable. Yeah, like they they may have the best of intentions, but if you if you hold back, and that that's a word for me because I had to confront that in me last year was that like I like I, I 2019 was the most honest I ever got with myself and people in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, before I would have a facade of transparency and honesty, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until like I the Lord had to confront me and be like, listen, you're not being real with people. Like you need to be honest about your struggles, where you are who you are and 2019 was like the freest year of my life because of that um and so i had to be noted i had to notice okay yes i'm allowing this person to be accountability but if i can't be honest and truthful with them 100 this is for nothing this yeah. is for not so pushing yourself to be honest but also don't choose people that you cannot that, that if you have that reserve there must be something in your soul and your spirit that's telling you that this person may not be it because you can't be honest with them Either you can't be honest with them or they're not receptive towards your open and honest your openness and your honesty. Yeah. Because a lot of people, um, again, don't want people to tell them anything negative. They just mm. want somebody to say, Yes, yeah. do that. You that sounds great. You're okay, like nothing's wrong. Um, and for whatever reason that may be something to deal with, you know, trauma from their past where they were always told negative things and all they want to be surrounded by is positivity. But the thing about accountability is that it's always positive. Like if it's godly, it's going to always be positive, even if it's something that you don't want to hear, um, because the end result is to uplift and get you to a place in Christ where there is no condemnation. Mm. So yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we, we think about what we want in accountability, but how good, and I'm asking y'all, how good of an accountability partner do you think you are? Like, what are some areas that you think um, you do well or that you could do better in, in, in the people that you hold accountable? I know for me, I can do better with checking in on people. Because it's so easy to get caught up in your own life and what mm-hmm. you have going on that yeah. you kind of forget to be like, let me... Be more intentional, which is, that is God, that's the word God gave me for this year, mm-hmm. is intentional. Um, is be more intentional about cultivating that relationship um, by, even if I have to set a reminder in my calendar, like, hey, text this person today, call this person today. Um, that's good, scheduling it, it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. scheduling it. Like, I have to be honest, like, I probably have to schedule it in or I would forget. <laughs> um, and then asking those hard questions. Sometimes it's not easy when you've built a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. to ask questions that are uncomfortable. Yeah. But there are questions that probably need to be had to help that person be better. Um, so moving past that, oh, is this going to offend them? Or is Been this... Afraid of that conflict. Yeah, that yeah. conflict, which uh, I don't like conflict. So it was like... <laughs> uh, but, you know, but it's one, it's going to make them a better person, mm-hmm. which as an accountability partner is my main mission is I want you to become the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. Yeah. And I would do anything that it takes to help you reach that. So I know for me it's growing in the area of being more intentional about reaching out on a consistent basis and then asking those questions that are almost thought provoking for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, huh, let me dig deep into this and kind of see how I can move forward. And so, you know, we kind of can be surface level sometimes. Yeah. It's um, just humans in general. Um, and that's just a level of protection that we have because we try to avoid hurt, which comes with intimacy. Um, but it's important to dig deep into that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can say intentional, being more intentional is one of mine. And one thing that I worked on last year was that if somebody came across my mind in any given moment, like mm-hmm. I would try to stop what I'm doing and text them. I'm not good at calling. I don't really care to talk on the phone, but I will text you and be like, hey, just thinking about you. You crossed my mind today. How is X, Y, and Z going? Especially if I know mm-hmm. that you're working on something. Um, but if in that moment I can't, then like Alex said, I think it's really good to set a reminder like, hey, Siri, let me, remind me to call or text whomever um, when I get home. Like it's as simple as doing that. And a simple text can go a long way because yes, you never know like what somebody's dealing with and why God may have um, put them in your thoughts at that moment. The second thing that I think I can be more um, diligent is it in is building my own spiritual life because if people are coming to me for godly accountability mm-hmm. like I need to have a good level of God in me mm-hmm. to actually hold them accountable like I can't whether it be something um something sinful that they're struggling with it could be something business-wise it could be someone coming to me in preparation for marriage and God has assigned me to help lead them to a godly success in whatever it is that they're pursuing and then I don't I can't find a scripture or I can't say a prayer because I haven't been in my own word like that's something I know for me like in 2020 I'm trying to be more diligent about staying in the word staying prepared so that I don't have to say well you know I can't remember a scripture but let me go look one up for you and that's still okay like at least you're still you know finding the resource but um at some point like we have to examine ourselves and say like I should know this by now because so many people are this thing keeps coming up to where I should have a resource in my mind that I can just pull from the heart and give to this person in that moment. Um, so that would be mine. That's that's both of y'all said, I think for me, I really, really like what you said, Brittany, as far as making sure that I'm in my word so that mm-hmm. way I can give. Um, because a lot of the time, you know, we, you know, you hear this all the time, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right? Yeah. And so if God is calling me to this area, whether it be marriage ministry, whether it be um, helping other people build their businesses and things like that, what I need to make sure I'm full of what it is God wants to pour out of me. Right. Um, and, and we don't just, we don't just do it. Cause I was, I was at your church, Alex, um, at the go when they talked about, um, he said, when was the last time you read the word not to give it to somebody else, but for you right. now? And it almost That's convicted it. me because I was like, you know, um, sometimes I'm reading stuff to, to speak to my audience mm-hmm. and just to speak to my audience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I'm taking that time out, but I don't, I don't, I, I haven't done as much of my own personal quiet prayer yeah. time as I would have wanted to um, because it's not just about what can I pour out, but it's also about who am I, what's in me, what's feeding my soul and my spirit. Um, so that way I'm not pulling from my soulishness yeah. when it comes time to speak to somebody else or even from my experience, though experience matters, but what is the spirit saying concerning you and your situation and things like that? And so that's that would have to be a big one for me. And of course, intentionality is really huge, like you said, um, because I'm getting busier. Um, but I know that my calling is for people. And though I want to touch people on a large scale, I want to make sure that those closest to me still feel like I'm here. I'm accessible. I love them. And so making that, like going the extra mile to set phone dates, even though I'm like Brittany and I don't like to be sitting <laughs> up on the phone, but setting phone dates because maybe that's what you need from me. Mm-hmm. Or um, making sure that, like you said, when somebody crosses my mind, I text them and um, that I'm taking time out to spend with my friends. One thing I've been really... Um, big on especially in 2019 when I switched jobs was on my weekends I do my best to reserve it for other people Mm -hmm. Um, because during the week I'm always like 
you know, head down doing what I got to do. But on the weekends, I come up for air and I want to make sure that you have some of my availability, even if it's like a, a 30 minute phone call or, or, you know, we meet up for brunch or whatever the case may be. So that would be, those would be mine. Um, and I think that kind of leads us to where my heart was today, which was, um, you know, with godly accountability comes boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing I was confronted with this week was that though I've grown tremendously in the area of boundaries, I realized that there were maybe some areas of permeation, Uh, (laughs) you know, Come on, um, words. I, I feel like there's there some <laughs> peripherated areas in my heart. Okay. <laughs> you can see who gets that dictionary word of the right. day. <laughs> I, I, well, there were there were some gaps in my in my fences, um, and it confronted. It wasn't just. It wasn't even about the other people, but it was about me and what I have allowed. Mm-hmm. And though I want to be a good friend, I had to. I had to realize that um, though I want to be a good friend, though I want to be there for everyone. I'm not God. Mm, like mm. I'm not, um, I'm nobody's savior. And I need to make sure that in caring and loving people, cause I'm an empath, I'm a social worker. Like mm-hmm. my whole life is about people, mm-hmm. but to not be consumed by people's expectations of me, um, by people's demands on my time and on my energy and to just really be wise in, in letting my, in how my time is spent, but also in letting my yes be yes and my no be no, mm-hmm. and stating what I really feel. Because sometimes when it comes down to accountability, maybe you have a different perspective on what our accountability ship is mm-hmm. versus what I what I perceive it to be. And then there comes a fence of like, well, I expected, I thought I can call you anytime, day or night. <laughs> <laughs> And my phone would not be answered. Negative. And, and, and but but you didn't. Well, we never really talked about oh, that. Man. But because I had been maybe available at late times in the night or yeah. early times in the morning, you thought that that was okay. Mm-hmm. When really it was just that d- during those times and those moments, I happened to be available to you. Yeah. And so being clear and stating, you know, actually those were because I felt like those times were emergent or I had that level of time. But right now I'm in a place where my availability to you as an accountability partner, as a friend, is actually relegated to these things. And that's a part of protecting your peace, Mm -hmm. you know, and making sure that you still, um, that you don't, we give time to our jobs, we give time to our spouses, we give time to our significant others, we give time to the Lord, we give time to our friends, we give, like, we give so much time, but, like, where is my time? Mm -hmm. Not selfishness, but, like, where is my time where I can grow and refresh um, to make sure that I can even be there for all my other responsibilities. So what do y'all think about that? So I mentioned this before and I liken it to property. Like you don't know that you need a boundary line until somebody crosses it. Jesus. You and your neighbor, you all have lived next door for years and now they want to cut down this tree, but that tree is on your property. And maybe you cherish that tree because it's, a family tree or there's a swing on it and your child is on that all the time and they want to cut it down and you realize it's right in the middle of our property line so now you have to draw a boundary line in order for them to understand like no you can't cross this line and you didn't know that you needed to do that after Mm -hmm. all the years that y'all have been connected to one another um and that's okay that's normal because when you start friendships you don't start off a friendship saying okay we're gonna be friends but here are my rules like yeah. that kind of negates the authentic- authenticity 
of a developing relationship. But when things happen and you realize they need to be addressed, now it's like a conflict. All three of us, I think we've all said, like, we don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, But conflict is not always bad. And I teach Mm -hmm. my students that every day. Like, we're, we're having a debate. That's not the same thing as an argument. No, it's exactly the same thing. It's just how you're addressing a situation versus, you know, maybe beating somebody over the head or calling someone a name. You're just coming to them maturely and saying, here's my point of view. Here's my perspective. I need for you to respect it. And if you choose not to accept it, then maybe we have to reevaluate our relationship. Um, So when it does pop up, it's okay to address it. And in those moments, the person on the receiving end has to choose like, okay, maybe this hurt me. Maybe this stung a little bit. But is our friendship more valuable than me getting my way all the time? Maybe I need to find other accountability partners or other friends Um, who God can ordain for this aspect of my life since this person is no longer there. Or maybe I need to address the trauma or whatever is hindering me from being able to be there for myself. Um, And I I just think like, I don't know, I've had friends for years. Me and Alex have been friends for almost 20 years. We've never really had any major conflicts. But when they come up, they're addressed. And we go on about our business, and you call it a day. And the same thing has happened with, I've had experiences with both of you all, and we're here, sitting here today, and I think it takes mature people to understand, like, we're adults. We have lives. We can't be everything for everybody. And in this new age of mental health, like, you should be okay with that. If I tell you, hey, please don't call me after midnight. I got a whole husband. Like, I'm sorry. It got to be life or death emergency for me to pick up my phone or do not disturb right now. And it's the afternoon. Yeah. So they understand, like, there's there's space and time for us to connect. So that's kind of my take on that. Yeah, that's good. And- and another thing that you had mentioned earlier is, like, you have a desire to be a good friend, a good mm-hmm. accountability partner, so you kind of feel bad. But are you really being a good friend or a good accountability partner when you don't set mm-hmm. healthy boundaries? Ooh, That's good. Girl, why are you stepping on my toes? <laughs> That's good. But are you? Like, I recommend everyone, if you haven't already, go get the book Boundaries. I'm going to look gosh. up who yeah. is it by. They have bound regular boundaries, boundaries in dating, boundaries as a parent. The book is amazing. I have read Boundaries probably three or four times because – I I struggle with boundaries sometimes too. And it's important to have healthy boundaries. When you do not have healthy boundaries, you allow yourself to to pour out more than you have to give. Mm -hmm. You allow people to step over you. um, And you have to take accountability for that. Like, okay, how did I contribute to this? And what can I do to rectify the situation? Um, And that's by setting healthy boundaries. It's Healthy Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John John Townsend. It has like a pencil in the front down the middle. It's really good. It's a really good book. I haven't read it, but I've heard great things. It's really good. It gives um, some practical examples in it. Um, It also has um, some scripture in it. It's it's really, really good (laughs) about... We should start a TSD Bible study. Oh, yeah. I mean, book, 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 book club. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, it's so neat. Again, they have different versions, like, for different areas of your life um, where they hone in on more things. But the book really does talk about the importance of setting healthy boundaries. And even though it may feel like I am being mean or inconvenient to another person, I'm actually becoming a better person so I can better serve you mm-hmm. when I set a healthy boundary. And you know what? And... So I was talking to somebody, this one of my new accountability partners, um, who is an amazing woman of God. She was like, she had, she confronted me because she noticed that 
I take a lot of time to deal with like, and th- and I don't mean this in um, in strength, but a lot of like small issues. Like mm-hmm. I take my time to really like, you know, deal with these things. And not that those things aren't important, but she was like, if you're called, she was like, you're called to millions. Like you have to have a mindset for millions, not just hundreds or tens. Wow. And when somebody is maybe calling or pulling on more of your time you can't do what you're fully called to do like when you're not setting those boundaries because maybe certain like we all know that certain relationships probably have take more time or weight or whatever than others Mm -hmm. but when you when you don't set boundaries and you're not because you're not assignment focused or not not really i don't know you're not fully tuned into what god has called you to do you can miss out on where you should be because you're allowing one thing to suck a lot of life out of you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're having these life-sucking relationships, and I don't mean that like they're toxic. I just mean that may- time-consuming, not life-sucking. That's mm-hmm. a better term. Time, like heavily time-consuming or even emotionally um, weighty relationships, if it's like like that day in and day out and you haven't set those boundaries, you can, like, it takes your energy to do the other things that you're called to do. Mm-hmm. So like you said, am I actually being a good friend um, if I let you? But am I actually being a good steward hmm. yeah. if I let you? That's am I good. being a good steward over my life and over the things God has called me to do if I don't set boundaries with you um, and and make make sure that I have time for and energy for all the things God has called me to yeah, that's good. That was a good little discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so y'all set boundaries in 2020. Um, and have godly accountability. And have godly accountability. Like take control over over your mental, emotional, and physical well-being and just spiritual well-being and do what you need to do to walk in purpose. Um, so let me tell y'all. Child. It's time to go back to school. Well, it's been time for me to go back to work, so it's about time. Teacher walls. All right. <laughs> Y'all, no, okay, legit. People be talking about teachers and they breaks, but we seriously need them. Um, prior to the Christmas break, um, I was really, like, struggling uh, to the point where I was like, y'all y'all gonna have a new teacher when y'all come back from Christmas. Like, I would be saying that kind of jokingly, but kind of serious as well. Like, it's, it's really tough. Um, I am not happy on my job, but I know it's purposeful, purposeful for where God has me right now. Um, it has, it serves two purposes. It helps me maintain our household as my husband is in medical school, but it also continues to remind me the purpose that God has on my life for serving young minds, whether it be in the classroom or otherwise. Um, but this break has been thoroughly rejuvenating and, um, I had to set intentional goals to use the break to rejuvenate me for work so i'm rejuvenated like physically where i've gotten some rest and um emotionally because i've been able to just take time away from some very toxic toxic environments and i know we use that word a lot but in reality if anything is tearing down your mental or emotional stability is toxic um and that's kind of what the environment in my workplace was doing to me and has the potential to do to me when I go back. Um, but I was speaking to my coworker yesterday um, and just telling him like, hey, when I get back, I'm on some new, new, new. 
Like, I'm not, I can't come in with the same mindset. And I put it in our group chat, and one of one of my coworkers was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see how that's going to be by Tuesday or by Wednesday, by the end of the week. And I had to really just tell myself, like, he and I were in the same place, and he has been determined to just remember, like, what sucks so much about our job so that he can move on, whereas I don't have that luxury. I don't have the luxury to just up and quit or to move on to, I don't want to move on to another school. My next move has to be um, purposed by God for me to walk fully and wholly in what he has called me to do, and that's not in the classroom. So I'm not going to move from one classroom to another. Like, I have to figure out how to really zone in or hone in on what I'm supposed to do in this environment. Um, one of the things that I'm being very intentional about is walking in and praying over my classroom at, before kids come back. So I pray over each desk, each chair. I will call out each child by name if I have to to keep all demons and <laughs> evil principalities out of my classroom so that we can have a productive um, day. Um, I'm praying about all of my interactions with my coworkers. Um, it's just, it's a lot. It is a, it is a lot. And it's something that I wish I did not have to endure on a daily basis. But my mom, um, just got a new job and she's been enduring a lot on her current job and her tenacity and her endurance has really just, um, inspired me to push harder. And my word for the year, Alex mentioned her word, um, was intentionality and mine is expectation. I'm just expecting God to do so much for me this year that I have to be obedient in this space that he currently has me in. I can't go in complaining. I can't go in um, intentionally walking through the door depressed or slumped over. I have to be something for the kids who need me. That's number one. And as much as they can get on my nerves, um, I know that they love me just as much as I do love them and love pouring into them. So I have to give them um, the best version of me and I can only do that if I renew my mind daily. So I definitely encourage anybody um, who is on a job that you don't really care for or that you're struggling, you have a coworker who's nagging you or a boss who is intentionally picking on you, um, pray about that situation. Pray for a renewed mind and a new renewed spirit. You can also be praying for a new position somewhere else. That's exactly what my mom has been doing for the last year um, as she has been purposefully going into work and doing what she has to do on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, that's my life update. It's time to go back to school. Um, but my mind is renewed. Not only am I going back to work, but I'm also starting back in grad school in a week as well. Woo. Taking two classes. Uh -oh. um, my, I'm hoping <laughs> to graduate at the same time as my husband. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, y'all just keep me in your prayers. You got it, sis. You like, got it. You got it. And even if you don't, there's grace. His grace my is sufficient. My renewal, though, is powerful. I, and I really believe in the saying, words create worlds. Mm. Um, and so you have the power to shift your world based on your mindset. Yeah, um, because if you think negatively all the time, say negative things, you're really going to see things negatively. And if you choose to say, I'm going to stay positive, I'm going to speak positivity, you'll start to see, you know, look through life through rose-colored glasses, as they say, or see the <laughs> silver lining and stuff. Glass half full. Yeah, glass half full type person. But yeah, words create worlds. That's good. That's good. So, <clears throat> we're going to wrap this up with a good old can I preach. Uh -oh, Why are y'all laughing? Pastor Bernice. 
Are you serious? And God said, that is not me. Yeah. But if we're going to do it, <laughs> do it right. You are, uh-huh. you are so silly. Oh, my gosh. No, nah, but for real. So um, I did a fast this week, and this was one of the scriptures that came to mind and I was really excited for new revelation. I love getting new revelation in the word of like reading something and just just getting fresh perspective on it. And where I was coming from was Romans 12 verse 2. Um, and the scripture says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, Ooh, and perfect that just will. Hit me. Did it? Yeah, like literally. I'm sorry. <laughs> well then I'm just like, but for real though like so my whole thing one of my days of prayer um, or the last day of prayer for me was about you know knowing what God's will is in this year we go into a new year and we're like God what do you have for me this year what's your word for this year like we talked about or, or what what is it that um you know what are you saying what is my assignment this year and I think a lot of the times we forget that one God don't celebrate new year uh i just want to be honest a thousand years is like a day to him and a day is a thousand years and so um he doesn't celebrate new Year's. it's more so for us Mm -hmm. but the thing is you're going to go into this new year with the same mindset if you do not transform your mind the way that you perceive what god's good and pleasing and perfect will is is by renewing your mind the word talks about how those who are of the flesh think thoughts of the flesh and those who of the those of the spirit thoughts of the spirit and so if we want if, if his will you know his good and pleasing will that's a spiritual thing god is spirit right and we worship him in spirit and in truth if we want to understand what his will is in the spirit we cannot operate via the flesh we cannot come to him with the same old mindset the same uh, uh, uh rhetoric the same patterns and behaviors but we're expecting a new thing when it says one without faith it's impossible to please god so where's your faith where's your mindset and also as believers we are to put on the mind of christ we are to put on the mind of christ and if we don't have it on we're not going to know what his will is so my challenge to you this week is to seek first the kingdom of god seek first what it is that he has what's on his heart pertaining to your calling pertaining to this year pertaining to your assignment what is it that he has to say what are some old toxic traits, behaviors, and patterns that you need to get rid of so that way you can see, like, his will is not just going to come. Matter of fact, a lot of times we, we think that God's, like, God is not speaking or, oh, Lord, what's your will? I want to know your will. But, like, he might have already said it, but you missed it because your mind is cluttered and filled with the wrong things. Your heart is not focused where it needs to be. Maybe you have a survivor's mindset instead of one that knows that you are victorious. You know, read Matthew 6, one of my favorite scriptures, mm. um, in, in order for you to recognize, like, God already knows what you need. Right. Let's not ruminate and focus on that. But in order for you to know what God's will is, in order for you to walk in his will, it is imperative that you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ask God to renew your mind, to show you new focus, new vision. So that way you can perceive what it is that he's saying in the spirit. That's good. That's good. That's a whole word. A whole word. Yeah. Not even a snack. Well, All right, guys, y'all. thank you so much for joining us for another episode of TSD, The Sisterhood Debrief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can catch us on all platforms, Apple, all Spotify, Google, all of them. And we're giving you everything sisterly, godly, and ratchet. ratchet. We love y'all. <laughs> thank y'all for checking us out. Share on your